We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers. For all of you fine folks on the other end of the speaker, I appreciate every single one of you for tuning in. Today, we're going to talk about the 49ers preseason win over the Denver Broncos. We're going to talk about it like it's a regular season game because why the hell not? We're here. We might as well win. In the in the words of Larry Bird in uh, in one of the All Star games, it was exciting. I, I mean, I thought it was an entertaining preseason game for what you expect. What we've come to kind of I don't know what you want to call it, like the stereotype of what you expect from a preseason game, what you expect the score to be, how you expect it to unfold. As far as the 49ers were concerned, it was a lot more exciting than what you usually get, based simply on the fact that we had. Three competent quarterbacks play the game, all of which had a little something to prove, a little something to play for. And that kind of kept us all engaged, engaged, along with a host of other players that all made their little mark on the game and had their little impact and gave us some takeaways to talk about. So I I enjoyed it. It was entertaining. Before we get into it, I have to tell you guys about um, our attempt at a middle school night practice last night. Yes, starting at about 5.45, right alongside the uh, 49ers preseason game. Um, we uh, we had our first ever, essentially, middle school night practice to kind of culminate our, our summer program, if you will. Uh, it's new to us because we've never had lights at our football field. Kasner's got a pretty nice uh, football field, but we've never had lights. And finally, the district went, allow- went, a- went around to every... Almost every football field in the district, I want to say middle school and above, that didn't have lights and gave them lights. and So that was our first chance to have a night practice. Well, we get out there, and in the middle of a Central Valley summer, I mean, it is August 20th, everybody knows what the crazy weather that's going on right now with that hurricane rolling in, rolling through. I think it's called Hur- Hurricane Hillary, um, appropriately named, I guess. 
rolling through. And, and hey, shout out to everybody that's in Southern California right now that might be dealing with that. I know that Tyler, our editor, uh, when I told him I was going to record today, which is Sunday, when I told him I was going to record today, he's like, okay, hopefully nothing's, hopefully I've still got power. Hopefully I'll be able to get it up. No problem. And I was like, oh yeah, you've got a hurricane to deal with. I don't know if it's officially labeled a hurricane. I've seen it talked about. Maybe it's a tropical storm, you know, but that doesn't, I mean, something like that rolling through Southern California through places that are not in any way equipped slash deal with those events often. So hopefully it doesn't get too out of hand. Hopefully everybody out there is uh, is okay. Um, I'll say a little prayer for you. Um, but from what I know, it's supposed to be really short. So hopefully that comes and goes. But a little bit of that, whatever it was, was already in the Central Valley. And I, I don't think it was related to that hurricane whatsoever. But we got out there and there were these crazy clouds in the sky that had like these holes opening up in them. It was really weird looking. Um, obviously overcast. It looked like, uh, like uh, obviously exaggerating a little bit here. The weather from what is it? War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise. <laughs> it didn't look like that, but it was it was extreme for the time of year and for what we normally see. There was lightning going off everywhere. Big old fat rain, as as Forrest would say. The wind like seriously picked up. It started picking up all the dirt, the loose dirt on top of the running track, and just sending it straight at us. We weren't even out on the football field yet. It was just the coaches. We got there a little bit early and uh, I'm glad we did because we ended up having to push practice back a little bit due to the lightning and the thunder, but it just started out nuts. I mean, there was dust everywhere. Sometimes you couldn't see a few feet in front of your face. Uh, and then eventually it cleared and we had to delay practice a little bit, but we ended up having a super sweet night practice with, you know, clouds in the sky, but it never really rained. It was cooler than it was normally. So it ended up being a really, really sweet practice. So, um, I mean, a slight annoyance to, for it to be during the exact same time as the preseason game, but it is a preseason. And thank you to, uh, Robert Louder, the, uh, the fourth who recorded it on his DVR. I was able to like access it through the dish like app or whatever. And I got caught up on the whole game. I, I don't have any, no, I'm not going to subscribe to NFL plus. I don't know if you guys have had the same experience as me, but any app associated with the NFL has probably been the worst functioning app I've ever experienced. So when they started advertising like the NFL Plus this year, I was like, nah, I'm good. I'll be okay. I'll find another way because it's so bad. It's just, I mean, obviously you hear, you see everybody ranting on social media about the, you know, the all 22 app, whatever they call it. The fact that the NFL can't figure that out either. And so sure enough, the, every other app they've ever created sucks ass. So I'm good on the NFL plus stuff, unless something is a features introduced that I just have to have my hands on, but I don't see myself going that route. So we had our middle school practice. It was awesome. Energy was high. Parents came out and sitting in the stands, the weather, like the weather was absolutely insane. And then it cleared up and then we were good to go. And I was trying to pay a little bit of attention to the preseason game during practice, but I've, I've got to get my coach on. And um, so it wasn't much to be had, but ended up watching it on dish. We rewatched re the entire game just so I knew what, I'd know what I was talking about, or at least I feel like I know what I'm talking about when I jumped on here with you guys. I kind of just went through the game and started taking notes on what I was seeing and what I felt like I was seeing. The first thing that jumped out to me, was Javon Hargrave already showing his quality? He was making moves, getting getting squirrely, creating little 
little problems here and there. Unfortunately, he was creating problems against Russell Wilson, who looked a little bit more akin to the Russell Wilson of old as he got out of the pocket and created some yardage and got some first downs. But it was Hargrave just stood out. You know, there was a lot of pressure on Russ, Russell Wilson in those first couple drives. You don't necessarily want to you don't want to see him necessarily be able to just escape from the pocket that easily, but it was still enjoyable to watch. And it wasn't the complete defensive line, but it was still something that was like, okay, maybe we'll be uh we'll be in for something exciting. A couple other defensive linemen stood out. Ty McGill had a sack. He had some hits and pressures in there. He looked pretty good. He might be a guy that's competing for like one of the final defensive linemen roster spots. We'll see. We'll see. Austin Bryant looked active. Uh, got out of position a few times, but he had the white sleeves wearing 56. Looked a little like uh, Drake Jackson just at a quick glance, but he was hitting and moving. Um, the other interesting thing that we took straight from the bat was Ambry Thomas was your starter on the outside opposite Charvarius Ward, and then they had Diamador Lenore inside at the nickel spot, um, which was interesting. I would have... I mean, we knew that was a combination. We talked about it on the last pod. That was one of my positions battles to watch coming into this game. And to see that right out of the bat was was definitely interesting. It's something that kind of points towards um, Steve Wilkes not being afraid to kind of shuffle it up and figure out which combination of corners he feel like feels like offers the defense the best chance to succeed. It's something I will tell you, though, Isaiah Oliver, um, one of the 49ers free agent additions this offseason, somebody that they felt like was the the best interior corner available on the free agent market seems to be on the outside looking in, in a way I'm not going to, I'm not saying he's not going to make the roster, but whatever starting job he seemed to have a hold of it's lost. And, and, you know, again, he was not one of the first corners to come out, had a really, really bad missed tackle somewhere in the first or second quarter in the first half uh, where it should have been a a, a routine tackle for short of the sticks. And I want to say that was on third down. And he just whiffed it and didn't look all that interested in making a tackle. So things aren't looking great for Oliver. Again, I'm not saying that he's not going to make the roster, but he, I don't, I'm not sure he's considered the starter at that spot yet. And for somebody that they brought in, uh, in free agency to kind of take that role, he, it looks like he's getting beat out by the 49ers younger guys, which isn't a bad problem for the 49ers, especially when they're guys that, that are in house and, and that they've drafted. Um, Another uh, another rough look was um, why do I always forget his first name? Jameson, Deshaun Jameson, muffin a punt. Now here was the it was kind of glossed over as if it wasn't a big deal. Looked like Jameson misjudged the landing spot on a punt, let it get out, let it get off to the right of him. The wind looked like it was kind of picked up. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. And he just couldn't get under it, and when he caught it, dropped it. Broncos uh, recovered it and immediately scored. Um, one of the things the broadcast said right after that happened was that he fielded like 40-something punts in college and muffed four of them, which is a, a very high rate. That's 10%. That's not good. So for every 10 punts Jamison Fields, you can count on one of them being put on the ground. So that's not a great stat, and it's not great that he added that that he he maintained that as of right now he's probably on a, in a you know he's got a higher ratio of muff punts based on what he's done in the pros but not a good look for him I don't necessarily think I still think that he's probably um, in a decent spot to make the roster given how 
he seems like a very instinctive and talented returner, um, but you can't put the ball on the ground. So we'll see. We'll see where that goes. I thought that was interesting. It just adds another little wrench into that equation. Sam Womack, another corner that looked good. He almost got himself a pick six. I know almost only counts in uh, horseshoes, hand grenades, and, and H-bombs, but um, he was right there, turned into a pass breakup. He had another pass breakup later in the slant on a slant, and he looks like he's right there in the middle of that corner competition. Maybe not vying for the starting role, but quality depth that the coaches won't feel like necessarily exposes them to anything if he has to come into the game. Um Ambry Thomas did get cooked on on an out and up at one point, and ended up being a huge play. It that was okay. That was the play right before the half. Now that I'm rehashing it in my brain, Ambry Thomas got cooked on the out and up. Uh, another defender, I want to say Jair Brown, came up, made the tackle right before the goal line, and the Denver offense couldn't get to the ball fast enough to uh, to spike it and get off the next play. So one. Tough look for for Thomas giving up that play. You have to know the situation. You know, it was third and long. Who cares about a, a five-yard out? You know, like, it, it, you rally to that. You know, especially if you're in a situation where you know the defense needs yards. We're close, out towards the end of the half. They're going to try and get down the field. They're trying to move the ball. Uh, I mean, a five-yard out at, at that point would only hurt them. If you tackle them in bounds, the clock just keeps rolling and they're struggling. Um, but he bit so hard on that out. That, you know, he got cooked on the up. But Jair Brown with a huge tackle right there. And that essentially saved what was probably going to be a touchdown for them. They were on like the half-yard line. He makes that tackle. They don't have enough time to get up there and spike the ball. And boom, we're going into the half. And the 49ers just saved themselves uh, a touchdown. So pretty impressive, you know, First half slash game for the defensive backs. I thought it was a pretty good game for all of them and in, in their efforts to to make the team out. You know, I don't know how how Isaiah Oliver didn't coverage, but that one play is really going to uh, to dog him in the fill room come today. Offensive line struggles. We're going to get to the quarterbacks. Don't worry. Offensive line struggles continue. They gave up several sacks, a ton of penalties, gave up some a lot of pressure. Uh, Nick Sakel just keeps finding a way to be mentioned on the broadcast for for bad reasons. Um, he had a unnecessarily ho- unnecessary hold on a Lance run that went for a first down design run. Um, he was holding a player that wasn't even going to impact the play. Stuff like that. There probably are some positive takeaways that I could take away from that group, but those are really you have to go back and really watch a game and study an offensive line if you you know if you want to take away positives from that group. So. As far you know, the, the age-old saying is if you're an offensive lineman, you don't want to be mentioned on the broadcast unless it's like a Trent Williams type thing where you're just deleting people. But uh, that wasn't necessarily the case. Uh, you also had, what was his name? Let me find him on here. You know, on uh, one of Trey Lance's interceptions, nobody was talking about the fact that the right tackle got, I think... <laughs> Was it Leroy Watson? I don't want to put it on anybody that wasn't, you know, I'm I'm hesitant. Um, But their right tackle got beat really bad, and that put the defensive end right in Trey Lance's face. And Trey Lance tried to put it up over the top of him and couldn't get it up over there. And then it's not like Trey Lance throws uh, beautiful little rainbow touch passes, even though it was only a a three-yard pass. But no one was talking about the fact that the old lineman just let his defensive end jump right through and get into the face of the quarterback. 
Um, so, I mean, again, we're talking about the backup offensive line. The starters were out there for a little bit, uh, everybody but Trent Williams, and that moved right along. Um, so I'm not sure it's anything worth sounding an alarm over, but you'd, you'd want to see a little bit no more out of a group, um, a very competitive group behind the starters that's going to be competing for two or three spots that are there for the taking for pretty much anybody. And it just seems like a rough group so far. All right, quarterbacks. Let's talk about them. And then after we get done talking about quarterbacks, we've got some other takeaways. Um, another brief, couple other brief takeaways. We'll get to your takeaways from our takeaway time tweet. And then we will get out of here. But I got to make sure I, I find that before I get too carried away with myself. All right, Brock Purdy was first out of the gate. To our surprise, he did get to come out and play a little bit. Played one drive and looked fine. He looked smooth, looked comfortable, looked aggressive. Um, on a rollout play to the left, he took the harder throw. He had Brandon Ayuk right in front of him, and he was open, uh, but he probably wouldn't have been able to get the first down. Would have been a few yards short of the sticks. So he elected to go a little bit deeper with the play to Juwan Jennings, who went up and made the catch, and it was for a first down right at the sidelines. Uh, it was an impressive play because you got to think about it. As a right-handed thrower, you're rolling to the left. You have to. You usually have a defense pursuing you to some extent. You have to really quickly set your feet and fire that in there. And it's, it can be an inaccurate throw if you don't have your uh, mechanics right. And Brock Purdy was right on the money. It was a very confident throw, a throw that he was like, you know, that could be a throw that would intimidate quarterbacks, you know, consistently. But he fired it in there, and it was complete. It was nice. Things fell apart in the red zone, but they weren't necessarily any fault of Brock's. Um, on one play, he got sacked. Two defenders came straight through and were immediately on him on a play where he, he probably needed just a little bit more time to make the throw. Next play, he tried to scramble forward. Uh, Juwan Jennings came open late, but if you watch the play, at least when I watched the play, it looked like Purdy had already passed the line of scrimmage and committed to obviously committed to running before Juwan came open. And I, I'm pretty sure that Jennings should have been flagged for OPI. I don't know. You know, it depends on where the quarterback was because if he's still running around trying to make a pass, I'm pretty sure you can't just go delete a defensive back, which is what Jennings did. But if Purdy's a runner and he's already moving forward, then you're just a blocker and you're deleting guys who could potentially tackle Purdy. So it was an interesting play. It's just I'm uh, the the context of Jennings being opened, being open seemed a little weird. Whether it's the timing or him just trucking a defender to get open, but. Whatever. Brock Purdy after the game. Um, I'm not, I've never really been a, a pat myself on the back guy, but I'm about to do it right now. In Brock Purdy's press conference, somebody asked him, like, hey, practice interceptions. Kyle Shanahan says, you don't care. And he kind of just had this smirk on his face, like, no, I don't care. And it, it, before that, even he wasn't even asked that. He was talking about the fact that he's going out there and testing his arm and it was good to put put it through its paces and he does the same thing in practice and and he and he just started talking about all the things I went on my rant about about how quarterbacks especially one in his position that's coming back from an injury are just going to try and see where they're at with the ball and with their arm and what they can pull off and what they can't pull off and and in an ideal world a quarterback never throws an interception whether it's in practice or in a game but Lance was or not Lance uh, Purdy was clearly describing what I was describing and the fact that like, Hey man, that's what practice is for. I, I would like to go out there and find my edge of where I want to be with my throws and what I can do and can't do. And, you know, I, he made sure to mention the fact that turnovers are never a good thing, but that's what practice is for. So 
that was good to hear. And um, it, it was funny the way the question was presented. I believe it was Eric Branch. And uh, Eric Branch is, is the 49ers beat writer MVP that you don't know about. I'm just going to say that. Brancher is awesome. And he just kind of, you know, the way the question was set up, set up was perfect. He said, hey, um, uh, I, I know you're aware that your practice interceptions are being tracked very intensely. And everybody, you could hear people laughing and stuff. So it was a funny question. But I enjoyed watching Purdy, and uh, I think that's, for that one drive, that's everything you could ask from him. It, it, it looked fine. Got a quick throw to Ayuk where he read the fact that the defense was playing way too far off of a receiver like Ayuk. Fired it in there, and that's what put them on like the three-yard line to get ready to score. Um, had a couple quick throws to Debo Samuel. Both of those worked out great. Debo looked great. Debo looked in shape. He looked fast. Um, overall, solid drive for the first-team offense. Uh, next up was Sam Darnold, who I thought also looked great. Um, well, I mean, I guess if you're a stat person and you wanted to know, Purdy completed four or five for 65 yards. So there you go. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Sam Darnold was the next in. He completed 11 of 14 for 78%, 109 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. That was not his fault. I thought Sam Darnold looked very solid. Um, maybe great is a little bit strong word for all those of you out there that are hanging on every word. Um, but I thought he was very solid. I thought he maintained the level of play that he um, put on tape last week against the Raiders, which in, in neither case was anything extraordinary. But it was exactly what it should be, whether you're talking about for a backup quarterback or even if it was somebody that 
was competing for the starting role, even though he's not. We know that's Purdy's. Uh, Darnold looked like how he should look. Um, he didn't make every throw, but he made a lot of throws. You know, he took a hit and put a seed into Juwan Jennings that was wiped out by a holding penalty. Continues to target Ronnie Bell a lot. Ronnie Bell, who continues to do funny things, like he fumbled on one play, but it was recovered by a teammate, and then he tipped uh, one of Sam Darnold's passes that hit him right in the face mask into the air. I don't even know if he got his hands on it. It deflected off his face, which is exactly where you want the ball to be thrown, and was picked off. And remember, last week against the Raiders, he had another huge pass play um, from Brandon Allen that was tipped into the air and picked off. So uh, in no way am I flaming Ronnie Bell right now. We're going to get to him. But uh, it's he just has these – he's had these couple of funny plays that just make you go, huh? Donald underthrew uh, Chris Conley on a deep route that probably should have been a touchdown. But in, in, in all of their defense, the DB was beat on the hitch and go. but. He did recover very quickly, so the, the the space, the opening in which that throw had to have been placed, narrowed down pretty quickly. But it was it was pretty badly underthrown. Um, there was a ten yard out at one point to Newsom as they were approaching uh, the Broncos side of the field, getting ready to score. That was very impressive from the far hash on a rope straight to Newsom at the sideline. Daz Newsom made a great catch and that converted. And then shortly after he threw a touchdown, which was just a little quick pass in the flat to Daz or to, excuse excuse me, Jack Coletto, the fullback slash tight end slash linebacker slash whatever you need him to be. Um, He needed a real sweet Ole on a Broncos defender, let him come flying by and then uh, went into the end zone. So I was very impressed from what I saw from Sam Darnold. I thought it was very good. Um, It's, it wasn't like a flashy performance. But it was, you know what I mean? It was just what it was supposed to be. It was solid. It was solid. And, you know, he maintained the positive um, momentum that he had from his week one performance and brought it to week two. I thought he looked great. Uh, and then you get to the Trey Lance and another quarterback that I thought looked great. Probably had a few more throws that were like, whoa, you know, where he was just trying to kind of make a play or he realized he'd missed a receiver and was trying to fit it into a late window that was probably a little too well covered. But this was exactly the night that Trey Lance needed that a lot of us wanted him to have. And again, you can like want success for a quarterback without meaning you don't want success for another quarterback. Don't make me go into all that again. Um, Brock Purdy looked good. Sam Darnold looked good. Uh, me personally, I would like to see Trey Lance look good too. Why not go three for three? And he did. You know, the moment he came into the game, the crowd started cheering. So obviously, there's plenty of love for the former uh, number three overall pick. It's not like the 49ers fan base, at least not the the really wild, loud ones on Twitter that you hear from all the time. Uh, they want to see him. They want to see him succeed. Made plenty of plays. There was a scramble throw to Martin at the sideline that. Converted for a first down. Ball was thrown exactly where it had to be. Um, at one point, he rolled out to his right, kind of baited the, the defender to come forward, and then fired it into Ronnie Bell. Another pass play that, that moved the chains. Um, he did have that one interception. A little bit on him. You know, it's a, it's a screen play. He's going to have defenders in his face. He's got to get that ball up and over those defenders. He fired it off a little too flat. The offensive lineman let him come charging right in. And you are supposed to release the defensive line. That is how a... a uh, screen works, but usually there's almost like a little resistance to it. You you got to start blocking them a little bit, and then you release them so that they kind of feel like they had to work to get to the quarterback. 
Because if you just straight up release them without touching them, one, it's going to throw off the timing of the play, and two, defensive lineman is immediately going to be alerted to, wait, this is not right. But he got right through. Lance tried to put it up and over him, left the throw too flat. It was an open play. There was a lot of room behind uh, Jeremy McNichols, but it never got there, was picked off. And that was Lance's turnover. And in terms of a quarterback throwing an interception, that's not really that's not one that I'm really all that concerned about. Just kind of a dumb freak play. Um, you know, it's not the same as like firing a pass over the middle and completely losing track of a linebacker who just easily picks it off. You know, it's just different. I think y'all can get that. Had some good scrambles. Um, I mean, I wish, I wish I could like, wish we had like podcasts where like you had a screen available and I can like send you a play in a moment. You know, I guess we could, that's kind of like a YouTube thing, but, um, at one point, Trey nearly got smashed and made what was like what could have been like the throw of the day to Cam Latou. Um, it was like 35, 40 yards downfield off to the right. Cam Latou was like on a deep crosser. Trey Lance got uh, had pressure in his face, got smashed from like two different directions. And the throw landed like a yard in front of Latou to the point where I was like, could he have just made if he would have recognized the flight path of that ball just a little sooner, could he have made an adjustment and made that catch? I'd have to watch it again. Um, but it was it was almost the throw of the day. It was a pretty impressive play. Um, Tay Barton had a uh, brutal drop on a Trey Lance scramble where he scrambled to the left, put it up and over a defender, um, hit Tay Martin, and he just dropped it. There was a holding penalty anyway, so it didn't really matter. And then you got into the fourth quarter where the 49ers scored what I believe was 12 unanswered points. No, they weren't unanswered. They weren't unanswered. Um, but the 49ers, you know, Trey Lance had four drives, I believe, and it, they went interception, field goal, touchdown, field goal, uh, all in the fourth quarter. And that last that last field goal was essentially on a two-minute drill to to win the game, set up by something hilarious, which we'll get into in a little bit. Uh, but once Trey Lance got into that mode, once he kind of got his rhythm underneath him, um, I wish I could break it down by drive, but I believe over the last like two drives, Trey Lance like only had like one incompletion. He looked very confident. He looked very smooth. Even on that design run that got called back to a hold, he looked like a comf- like it, it was much more of what we wanted to see. Trey Lance look like and even said after the game like every time I go out there I learn something and which is a crazy concept for a guy that's played like five games since in the last like three years so just keep in mind no matter what ends up happening from Trey Lance from here on out you know every time he gets on the field in terms of his own development it's a good thing you know whether that works for the 49ers whether he plays good enough for a team like the 49ers to win um, they may not need him with Brock Purdy, but history would tell us they might need him. So it, it, going, seeing Trey Lance get an entire quarter's worth of reps in a real, not a real game scenario, because as we know, he's going against third stringers, stuff like that, but that's not, I'm not going to knock him for that. Reps are important for him. And after what he's gone through, you know, with a broken finger, an injured knee, and a, a broken ankle with two surgeries on it, it's just good to see him get out there. He looked decisive, fired that touchdown into Cam Latou, who's another player that we're just happy to see get some, have some positive things go his way. He's been struggling with drops. Um, he caught three of four passes, and the one he didn't catch is that one I was just talking about that 
Could he have possibly made a play on the ball? Maybe. It might have been too far out in front of him. Um, and then, you know, he's decisive on an on a absolute beam in the middle to Willie Sneed. He was very decisive to Ronnie Bell later in the game, who added some yards on the catch. It was uh, it was fun to watch. It was entertaining. It was good to see Trey Lance uh, to get some. In terms of the quarterback competition summary and where everybody stands, I mean, I think Darth, wherever Sam Darnold is, whether he's two or three, I think he maintained that. I don't think necessarily – he didn't do anything bad enough to get overtaken, and I'm not sure Trey was quite good enough to just like – completely dismissed Darnold, but if the 49ers already kind of have Trey as their number two guy, then I think he keeps that as well. So it just depends on how the 49ers feel about it. Darnold's been good in both preseason games. Trey Lance was shaky, but he was good in this one. Um, He looked so much more comfortable against the Broncos. No matter what, I think the 49ers need all three of these quarterbacks. That's just where I sit. I I don't care who the two or three is really. if I had to pick one, I guess I'd probably go Trey Lance's number two. But Sam Darnold's looked better than I expected. And I'm not saying he's looked great. He's not lit it up, but he's looked very serviceable in Kyle Shanahan's offense, especially when you compare him to the shit he's done in the NFL before coming here. Uh, I, I had to laugh. I was watching uh, good old Guy Haberman breaking down the game, and he was absolutely going to war against Sam Darnold haters. And it, he hadn't said anything about Sam Darnold that would – annoying him in any way. He just said he was good. He was solid. He, he he did exactly what he's supposed to do. And the comments that were coming through were just unbelievable. Like it was, it was great. Go check out uh, Haberman's review of the game. You'll see it. It was, it was entertaining. Uh, Jeff Dini, our local pro football focus guy, great guy. Um, Trey Lance ended up with a 74.8 pro football focus grade. Sam Darnold, 73.5. When blitzed, Lance was 8 of 10 for 134 yards and a touchdown and a 152.1 passer rating. Um, That's very close to perfect. Um, When using play action, Darnold was 4 of 4 for 49 yards and a touchdown. Um, If you're just looking at the base box score, which whatever, if you, if here's, here's one for the quarterback competition, people, Trey Lance, had a 93.1 quarterback rating. Sam Darnold, 93.2. Take that, Trey Lance people. Hold on. Sarcasm, guys. You know, I'm poking fun here. Brock Purdy had a 118.8. So all of y'all can take that. Ronnie Bell. I mean, it would have been egregious to get through this and not mention Ronnie Bell. That guy is going nowhere. He's making the 53-man roster. Make your mind up to it. I mean, I'm sure you're happy with it. He caught seven of nine passes for 114 yards. Um, caught the uh, the 43-yarder that set up the team's game-winning field goal. Um, some serious yards after the catch. He had a good punt return at one point. Uh, was it a punt return or a kick return? I'm not sure. I can look. Let's go see here. Kick returns. Ronnie Bell had one for 25 yards. Uh, Danny Gray, got to mention this, had one for 23 yards, I believe, to open the game. And it supposedly has a serious collarbone injury. Kyle Shanahan is scheduled to talk to the media at 2 p.m. It is 1.29 p.m. right now. So that's going to happen soon. Um, that'll probably happen before you listen to this podcast. So there, you know, we will find out more about Danny Gray um, if you're hearing this. Uh, Ronnie Bell also had one punt return for 28 yards. So a 25 yard kick return and a 28 yard punt return. Pretty solid. Pretty solid. 
Um, but yeah, Ronnie Bell, if he was in a regular game, I think he put up like 22 fantasy points. He had himself a game. Debo apparently made some comments leaving the locker room where he looked at the at 49ers beat writers, just kind of wide eyed and said, Ronnie Bell and just kept walking. Uh, I think that Debo's kind of taking him under his wing. Yeah. Ronnie Bell's punt return to open the second half was big time. Kind of stared at a guy coming right at him, easily sidestepped him, broke a bunch of tackles, had a sweet stiff arm on a, on a, on a pass from Trey Lance at one point. It broke a bunch of tackles on a fourth quarter screen from Trey Lance. He, he's got that yak, that yards after the catch. Um, he's, uh, he's exactly a 49ers receiver. Reminds me a lot of Kendrick Bourne, maybe not quite as effective of a receiver yet, but definitely has that knack to it. You know, it's just a guy that's un, I mean, he's not undrafted. He's a seventh rounder, pretty close to it. Just seems to have that knack, have that swag about him. It might be a little bit better after the catch than Bourne was. Um, but maybe not quite the receiver that Bourne was, but they just remind me of each other. I told that to Crocker a while ago. I just I just see a little bit of Kendrick Bourne and Ronnie Bell, which is a compliment. Absolutely. Jake Moody wins the day, but it was still scary. I think we can all agree that Jake Moody had a great day. He took a step forward, but it was still a little scary. Um, he made a field goal from 20. He mixed the extra point that he pushed right. Uh, the, 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 the commentators couldn't decide if it was his own kick or the wind. I think it was a little bit of both because if you go to the – um, 32 yarder, 32 yard game. Wimmer, he, Wimmer, winner. He pushed that one to the right too, but it made it through the uh, uprights, and that would be against the wind from where the wind blows blowing earlier. Now Levi's has some crazy wind patterns. It could be blowing one way on one side of the field and one way on the other. Um, but it was a much better day for Jake Moody, but it wasn't without its scares. He also made a 43 yarder, so good from 20. Mixed an extra point, good from 43, good from 32, but just barely. I'm not worried about it. If it goes through the uprights, it goes through the uprights. So a step in the right direction. It was good to see Moody hit the game winner. Um, he probably just needs to spend a little bit more time kicking inside Levi's Stadium. You know, take a day of practice, tell your coach, hey, I'm going to kick in Levi's. I'm sure he'll be fine with it. Uh, Mitch Wisniewski had a rough – I mean, he's already kind of – He's, for the most part, already proven himself to be a very good punter, um, but he only averaged 31.7 yards a punt. He did have one that got inside of the 20. It says zero here, um, but not a good day for Mitch Wisnowski. Shanked two in a row, and again, only managed a 31.7 average. If you want a comparison, the Broncos punter had a 60.3 average with a long of 65 Wisnowski had a 31.7 average with a long of 35, almost double. Which Now, that doesn't always tell the story because it depends on field position and where you're trying to put the punt, punt but not a great uh, not a great game for Mitch Wish. Uh, rookie linebackers look solid, uh, both D winners and Jalen Graham, your sixth and seventh rounders, both uh, forced a fumble, both merited two tackles. Uh, I think they both made the 53-round roster. I think that might come at the expense of, of a McCrary ball or a Flanagan Fowles. I mean, we'll see. Flanagan Fowles was the team's leading tackler in this game. But I think this, I think this, there's a lot to like about Winners and Jameson. Both of them look very athletic and very quick. And they look like they blend right in. So, And obviously, John Lynch, when they drafted Deed Winners, said he could see a little bit of Dre Greenlaw in Winners. So that kind of says like, 
okay, if that's really what you see and, and you know, he's not necessarily disappointing in the preseason, then you have to assume he's going he's gonna to make the roster. I'm going to finish my recap off with an absolutely hilarious penalty on Brandon Ayuk. After Trey Lance threw that deep touchdown to Cam Latou, apparently Brandon Ayuk in street clothes came rushing out onto the field celebrating, immediately got flagged, which was enforced on the two-point conversion, which basically made the two-point conversion impossible, which, as Kyle Shanahan put it, he was pissed at the time, but that failed two-point conversion set up the scenario where Jake Moody could hit the game winner. So it was like all is good. It was just hilarious on the broadcast. It cut over to Brandon Ayuk, who was clearly embarrassed. Debo, you, or Debo Samuel was like suffering secondhand embarrassment. Like, oh my God, what did you just do? Um, Traverius Ward was off to the side, just kind of like hiding behind somebody laughing at him. Like, what did you do? And you could see Eric Armstead in the back towering over everybody, just laughing. It was just such a great moment, a great shot. It was awesome. It was hilarious. Brandon Ayuk posted on Snapchat that that the play kind of just took over his body. You see the Snapchat? I think it was Instagram. Does anybody you still use Snapchat or is, I don't know. I don't see my students. I used to give my students so much shit when they would use Snapchat during their free time. Not not because I I'm against it, whatever. But if you know how Snapchat works, you know they you have to keep the streaks going where you send pictures back and forth to people and what's crazy is they wouldn't even give a hell what the pictures looked like. It would be like a blurry picture of the ground and they would just send it. And then they would click on all the people that it sent them. And I was just like, do you guys know what you, you look like right now? You look like robots that have no control over your own actions. You are literally just a Snapchat robot right now, sending a picture with no meaning and then clicking on all these other pictures that have no meaning, not even leaving them on the screen long enough to look at them, but you're just going to click on them all. It was, it's all, it's honestly kind of disturbing to look at when you see it, a bunch of students doing it all at once. You're like, dude, you guys are like zombies right now. Are you okay? Anyways, so Snapchat's weird. Um, okay. That's my post game breakdown. Let me take a look at the stats real quick. You know, Hey, a little shout out to Quantra's night. I don't know if he's going to make the roster, but he just brings, something to the table. Every play he's involved in, he seems like it's 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 with a little bit of violence and with a little bit of swagger. He had a tackle for loss. He had a pass breakup. He had four tackles. I don't know if he's going to be on the active roster. If he isn't, I think for sure he's on the practice squad. But he just seems like he has that dog in him. Y'all know what I'm saying? Little x-ray with dogs in them. Anyways. Running game looked pretty good. The 49ers averaged four yards a carry. Not as well as the, the Broncos did, but I think that had a little bit more to do with the defensive line shortcomings. But um, Jeremy McNichols, newly added, got out there. 4.8 yards a carry. Ty Davis-Price looked decisive. He was the first running back on the field. Christian McCaffrey did not play. Elijah Mitchell's out with an injury. Uh, averaged five, point yard, five yards a carry. Um, again, Cam Latou had... Three catches for 46 yards, the second most of any pass catcher on the squad. Anybody else that needs highlighting in there? Not really. Okay, let's get to your takeaways, and then we will get the hell out of here in a good way. So, Graz, we're leading off with you, buddy. Uh, Debo, he said, Debo looks fit. Moody instilling the least amount of confidence possible with a game-winning quick, winning kick, exactly. 
Exactly. That's exactly the best way to put it. Moody instilling the least amount of confidence possible with a game-winning kick. I could not have said it better myself. But there, I mean, I guess you could say there was confidence instilled, but it was the least amount. So we'll just leave it at that. Great finish from Trey. He needed a win. Happy for him. I think everybody should unanimously think that. And if you don't, then you should evaluate where you sit on that weird quarterback vibes thing we talked about last podcast. Uh, Ronnie Bell is like the crazy ex-girlfriend you can't be around but is also the best sex you've ever had. (laughs) I guess, I I mean, I know what you're referring to because he's got his ups and downs. He's essentially forced two interceptions, but he's in the offense and um, has fumbled. So I get what you're saying, but I I have a feeling that he's just going to end up erasing the bad things and keeping the good things. I guess you could say Abraham says Trey just needs damn reps that the drives that Sam Donald got were a waste. Why not let Trey get that experience and football game under his belt? Well, I think I don't think they're a waste because yes, Sam Darnold has been in the NFL for a long time, but he's just got to the 49ers. And I think the 49ers are deciding whether or not he needs to stay or if he's better than Trey. I mean, they're legit looking at it. But I do agree with you. Trey Lance just needs reps. He needs to play more football games. Don't get it twisted. I agreed that Trey Lance. I agreed in sitting Trey Lance behind Jimmy Garoppolo that first year based on where the team was. I understand that's contrary to the Trey needs rep things, but when you're looking at this as a 10-year project, it might not look like that anymore, but at the time it did. Then that first season is whatever. He, he, so he didn't play much during that first season, but we're looking at two, three, four, five, six, seven, season 10, whatever. Um, but at this point, three years in, recovering from a couple injuries, Trey just does need reps. Whether or not he gets those and gets those with the 49ers, we'll see. But I don't necessarily fault the team for letting Sam Darnold get some time because Trey Lance got that time last week. I think the 49ers is just fine letting Sam Darnold learn this offense because they know they're going to keep him. I think they probably made their mind up to that by this point. Um, so, I mean, it kind of, it is what it is, I guess, you know, it's, have the 49ers, I'm just trying to think my way through this. Have the 49ers already let the ship sail that the, the ship of Trey Lance can still develop into our starter? I think they've already let that ship sail. I think they're just giving Trey Lance enough reps to merit that backup job or, or you know, QB2 slash three, whatever. You know what I mean? It's just, it just depends on what they think. And in the end, that's all that matters, what the 49ers think. But I just think that Trey Lance and Sam Darnold are on very even footing when it comes to the 49ers, so they're getting very even reps. Probably the best way I can say it. You don't have to agree with it. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I can understand what they're doing. You know, In their eyes, they might need all three. Drew said, Ronnie Bell is wide receiver four. He's just He just gets open and runs hard. Got to clean up a couple things. Yep, obviously. Got to catch up. Got to catch it if it hits your hands. Yep, of course. But a lot to like as Danny Gray is flopping out. You know, when I went to practice, Danny Gray looked great. I could I could see this being like a kind of Danny Gray resurgence year. But now he's hurt, and it seems kind of serious. We'll find out more. But, yeah, there's definitely some opportunity there with Ray Ray McLeod hurt, with Danny Gray possibly hurt. Uh, Ronnie Bell is wide receiver four behind 
Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and Juana Jennings. So I, I don't see any problem with that. Um, I, I I did see something coming with with Danny Gray. I, I felt like he might have finally kind of broken out of his shell a little bit, but that injury is is pretty ill-timed. We'll see the severity. We don't know it yet. Grayson Michael said, do you think that those last three drives potentially saved Trey Lance's future with the 49ers? Hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm honestly thinking about, I don't think it saved his future with the 49ers, but I think it, it made things better. You know, I, I think if the 49ers were intent on cutting Trey Lance or trading him, they would do it no matter what those three drives look like. If anything, if they were intent on trading him, it would just mean they might be able to get a little bit more for him. But if they were intent on keeping him, I still think they would have kept him without those three drives. It made sense. But those last three drives made whatever decision they're going to make a little bit easier or a little bit more enticing, however you want to look at it. But in no way is it a bad thing. If the 49ers were going to keep Trey Lance, those last few drives had to have helped his case a little bit. Um, does it change their minds? No, I don't think so. But it it only reinforces whatever they were thinking. I can't say whatever they were thinking because if they were thinking that Trey Lance just doesn't have it, that's not what those drives throwed. That Those showed. Those drives show that he does have it. He does have something. It just would take time. Time that the 49ers just unfortunately probably aren't willing to give him anymore. But no matter what, Grayson, I think those three drives were a great thing. And it was cool to see. Matt Lee would also like to see our first team defense tighten up against the run game. But overall, didn't like how we looked today on those. I, I think that's fair. Um, I could try and pull up the first quarter game report. Let's see what it looks like. Um, yeah, I mean, it's to your point right now, in the first quarter, uh, the 49ers defense gave up six yards a carry. Russell Wilson rushed three times for 25 yards. And then Samaj P. Ryan had two rushes for 13 yards. Uh, Williams had three rushes for 12 yards. So everybody was eating, um, in the first quarter. And that would be your, your, your clearest window to the first string defense. So if there's one thing that we're not liking right now out of the first team defense, it's its ability to contain the run and that maintained throughout the rest of the game, because overall the, the Denver Broncos averaged 6.6 yards a carry on that game. So not great, Bob. Uh, there's no chance I'm going to get this name. J O A O Joao Joao man. I'm sorry. Just feels good to sit and watch a game with a beer and a Niners win. Hey, I I mean, that's that does sound like it feels good. I was, I went, I watched it this morning, not with a beer. Oh, you know what I did have this morning though? Are some of those miniature Costco cookies. Damn. Those things are the devil. Let me tell you. Didn't have a beer, but I drank a a water, a green tea, and had some chocolate chip cookies after a little bit of oatmeal for breakfast. So no beer, but I mean, that's what I was doing when I was watching the Niners play. Mike McVay, that was a fun game to watch. I agree. Purdy looked great. Was happy for Sam and Trey to get touchdowns. Loved the fourth quarter. I knew he had another tip pass turnover, but Bell can flat out play. I agree. His yards after the catch were awesome. Another seventh round gen, gem. Uh, I believe so, Mike. Yeah, I believe so. I don't know how far he's going to go. Think of the depth that's above him. You know, like Brandon Ayuk, I think, is one of the best receivers in the NFL. Y'all have been hearing me sing that. Debo, Debo Samuel has already proven himself one of the best playmakers in the NFL. You know, like he does a little bit of everything. Um, 
Juwan Jennings has a legit role in this team as being a third down move the chains receiver. So can Ronnie Bell like eat into those touches, you know, and then you add in George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey. I don't think so. But to know you've got somebody like that sitting back there and learning from those players is a great thing. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing his third preseason game. Uh, Matt Lee, love the first team offense. We look ready to go, but also really like Trey's confidence as the game went. Kept his head in the game and gave his teammates opportunities to catch the ball and bring us a W. Uh, I agree, man. It, it just seemed like one of the things you heard me say last week was, I just want to see Trey get in there and sling it. Like, who cares if you turn it over? Who cares if if you're risking it? Just get in there and throw that thing around. And that is exactly what he did. It was awesome to watch. It was cool. Um, it just looked, he looked more comfortable. Even when he had the design run, he looked more comfortable. Uh, yeah, I don't care again. Again, I don't care about the competition he was going up against. He also has those, that same level of players surrounding him. So, I mean, I think that if you would have put Trey out there with the first team offense against Denver's first team defense, he probably could have put some cool shit on tape too. So I'm not going to fault Trey for going up against the late game competition. And last but not least, we've got two fresh, another sloppy game. But happy the guys like Trey, Latou, Moody had their positives today, hoping they can build on that. I think that's a good point. Uh, Nick Zakel's got to get cut, and, and that Hartsfield guy looks like he's scared of contact. Uh, we mentioned it earlier, man. Nick Zakel is, is, has gotten mentioned too many times on the broadcast, which is never a good sign. Um, I didn't pay attention to Hartsfield much. Um, but I mean, like like you said, I mean, it kind of just got sloppy there towards the end when it came to a defensive effort. So I'm sure he was a part of that. I'd have to go back and really look at him. Um, but I'm sure there's a play in there that you got that from. And and that's one of those plays where you just, you know, that it's going to be hell in the film room. But we'll see if I can check it out. I'll check Twitter too, see if they've got anything floating around. Okay, that's it. Longer than I thought, which is always the case. But again, thank you to everybody who participated in the ta- uh, the takeaway time tweet. Um, if you don't already know, which you probably do, after every 49ers game, I will fire off a tweet that says takeaway time. And all you got to do is give me your takeaways. And in that recap episode of Striking Gold, I will talk about them all. Y'all have seen me go hard. I've done like 40 takeaways before. So don't hold back. Um, send it. Send it. Be a part of it. And, uh, but again, I appreciate everybody for doing that. I appreciate everybody for listening. Um, if you deem us worthy, head over to strike and gold on whatever app you listen to and leave us a positive review. That always helps. I think we're only a few reviews on iTunes away from 300. Um, I mean, they're not 300 five-star reviews, but we could always add a little bit of magic to that fire. But anyways, uh, thank you everybody. Thank you again to everybody in Southern California. Hunker down, hold tight. Hopefully everything goes okay with you over the ne- for you over the next 24 hours or so. Um, I'll say a little prayer for you. Uh, I'll say a little prayer for, for everybody because I just appreciate you guys. I want everybody to be doing well. Um, as always, all good things must come to an end. We'll be back on here later this week, breaking down uh, the 49ers' last preseason game. But in the meantime, for this episode, I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold. And we are signing out.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.